Hey guys, this is Kurt. And Logan. And we're here to talk about Battle Bards. I thought we were here to talk about how you're a terrible father. Pimping out your son. What? 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 Nothing. <laughs> okay. No, Battle Bards is great fantasy audio. I want to know that. Only things I care about are cartoons, balloons, Star Wars, candy, old people's whales, <laughs> dogs, Pokemon, video games, fireflies. Do you even know what those are? Existentialist paintings. How do you even know how to say that? The sound of forts, <laughs> ninjas, and electronics. Okay, that's a lot to process. Farts? Really? Oh, but check this out. Lord Ardok is a wooden fortique symbol. Bida octo mon farste outwis mon kasabu haudon fu chi tang gali asparos. Ooh, scary! And this. Ooh, impressive. You can't deny this, though. Noal na o lapireta ikarino ilasa zorge, lapilasa do lape turbs benas. Okay, that's very cool. Okay, Logan. So how much would you pay for that awesome audio? Thirteen point two pesos. There's no such thing as point two pesos. Fifteen hundred yen. Five hundred pinks. Republic credits. That's not even real. That's Star Wars, Logan. Well, let me tell you. You go to battlebars.com. You sign up for an account. And not only do you get that premium auto, but you can get a little something from us also. With the 10 and $25 packages, you get one free track with MFGCast1 as your coupon code. Buy a $50 or $100 package and get five free tracks with the code MFGCast2. That's a half of an album for free just for using that coupon code. Could it be any easier? Buy the $150 and $300 packages. Not only do you get most of Battle Bards fantasy audio, soundscapes, music, sound effects, etc., but you also get 10 free tracks with coupon code MFGCast3. A full album for free for using a coupon code from us. You're welcome. I'll just buy that great audio right now. Wait, but you have to you have to ask your parents permission before you buy. Believe not the lies of Loki because you are listening to the MFG cast. By Odin's beard, Kurt, it is good to see you again, old friends. It is good to know that the savage claws of Hades has not dragged you into the underworld. Man, I'm glad I don't like actually like roleplay in that kind of world because I would be awful at it. I'd be like, <laughs> Doth, yes, hammer, beer, mead. I, I doth not know what words to say. <laughs> so as you may have guessed by this 
absolutely atrocious intro. <laughs> I decided to ask Kurt if we can do another theme episode, because I always love those ones. Today's show is pretty short, because who's the host on this one, Kurt? It's you. And you. And, and that's me. it. We have nobody else. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone that loves us is on the show right now. <laughs> so one thing is, the whole idea behind this one is actually I kind of owe it to my buddy Mike uh, when we were playing Pathfinder a few weeks ago. Because he suggested basically savaging some people. Like, assassins were on their trail. And uh, they came across, you know, a tribe that kind of, like, noticed them. And he suggested savaging and murdering them all so the assassins couldn't, like, interrogate these people where they were going. And I'm like, you're a cleric, man. What the fuck is wrong with you? And he's like, well, yeah, but, you know, my god would understand. I'm like, who's your god again? And it's like, flip, 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 Desna. I'm like, that's like the goddess of travel and merchants. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> you know, and it was one of those things like, you know, he's playing a cleric to play a cleric. What god he follows and everything else. Like, I think he chose that god because he was like, oh, well, I like the powers that she gets at the different levels. You know, always a good reason to follow a deity. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And uh, it kind of made me think, I was like, I was like, man, you know, it's like he can be following any god and he would just always vote for like murder for self-preservation, you know? And it kind of got me thinking, I was like, man, you know, it's like, like, you know, there's a lot of board games that have the gods in them, but how many of them are like his cleric where the gods can be vacant and you wouldn't even notice? So uh, I wanted to look into this a little bit, but before we jump into uh, the, the mythical lands of deities and demigods and all that, you've been playing anything fun lately, Kurt? Sorry. My bastard of a dog wants stop barking. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna keep that in. Cerberus um, demands your attention. <laughs> that's right. I shall sacrifice you before the gods. Shush. Um. Uh, let's see. What have we been playing? We've been playing a lot lately. Since the last time we talked, actually, last time we talked, I don't even think we talked about now playing. So, okay. So I've been playing. We've been playing a lot of uh, Pathfinder Adventure Card Game, uh, Legendary. Um, just got into back into the dice games again. So me and Mike played dice we played Dice Masters again, yep, which is cool to get back to that because it's one of those, like, me and Mike were kind of talking. We're like, well, they keep coming out with sets, but I don't hear anything about it anymore. Like, you know, is it a thing? You know, our local Games by James has tournaments, but I didn't even know that was a thing until, I, until my wife bought me some for my anniversary. Um, and then we play some couriers to go along with that, because that, you know, couriers, birth, dice masters, and any dice game I'm in. Dude, couriers still holds up, too, which is great. Oh, God, it's so much fun. Right? Isn't, it's weird how so many things have come out since then, and yet couriers just still, it's, it's like, it's still in my collection. We still play, we break it out, like, every couple months. It's still yeah. great. Yeah, well, you know, with me, like, anything, like, cool dice, I will play. I just, like, unless it's, like, an awful awful you know theme you know or you know the mechanics are bad but usually when they come up with a cool dice game like that it's usually really good it, it serves a purpose uh what else have we been playing there's lots of other things but at the moment i can't think of, i can't think of it just because it's it's been so long since i've talked about it but oh we just grabbed uh uh we got it for really cheap dead man's draw from Mayday games that's an awesome game the app is like the like one of the funnest apps but just playing it and with a bunch of people like well for us three people but um is a lot of fun i love it's like to me one of the best push your luck games i've ever played i just i really dig it so yeah, yeah. That, one's, that one's pretty cool um 
I do love the whole thing about like when you get the tentacle, you have to draw two more cards, and you're always mm-hmm. like, especially if you have like five or six out, you're like, oh no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And I like the special abilities of the you know different characters and stuff like that that kind of you know make it a little bit more interesting. So it's there's a lot more to it than it seems, and I like that. It's good, a lot of replayability. Yeah, I gotta admit, like um, the characters in that game, like for for a little pushy luck game. Those characters definitely, I think, is what makes it stand out. Because if it was just a regular push your luck, you would play it like once or twice and be like, oh, I'll play this again at some point. Yeah. But the characters, like that whole like, oh man, this guy, you know, like this guy gets this, this guy does that. Like, it, it gives like a nice little reason to revisit. Yeah. And you even know? the app, even the app, I think, gives you more abilities for different people and stuff like that for different characters. So that's that's cool. That's pretty neat. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, actually, uh, it's funny that you mentioned dice games because the biggest two things that Kim and I have been playing, uh, they're both from Bezier Games, is Favor of the Pharaoh and Colony. Nice. Uh, Favor of the Pharaoh is pretty neat. I mean, it's it's really simple. Um, it's a game, I got it on the cheap. Like, somebody uh, was getting rid of a used copy, so I was able to do like a little quick trade with them. Uh, and that was great because, like, I think if I bought this game for $30, I'd be happy. For forty, I would think it's okay, but at the sixty dollar thing, I would be like, "Huh," because what you get is you get like a whole bunch of tiles, and what's cool is the game like goes super random. Like you can actually use dice to decide what random tiles to use, so you can like roll dice before you roll dice for your dice rolling game, you know. But um, the whole thing is like the different tiles will like generate fixed numbers for you, or like let you add, um, or like dice numbers, like, you know, you can add pips to the die, so your three is now a five, or whatever, or like get, like split dice and all these things, and the whole goal is, you need to get like seven or more of a kind on your die rolls to claim the favor of the pharaoh, and it's like, it's a Yahtzee mechanic, like, every turn you must lock in one die, but, you know, you can like keep doing rerolls and stuff, it's pretty cool, pretty cute, um, like I said, on the cheap, I would say it's a really fun dice trucking game. It goes two to four, so it's like something fun to play with the family, or whatever, and it's easy to understand. But at sixty bucks, I was like, "Well, it's it's tiles and some dice. Like that's a little, you know. Like I guess like maybe that's one of the reasons you never really heard it, even though it's been out for a while. Like nobody's really gone over it because for the price, it didn't stand out too much. But if you find it on the cheap, it's cool. Yeah, and that's co- crazy to think sixty bucks for just a few dice and a few tiles. Yeah, it's like I mean, you know, the tiles are nice, and you get like these little scarab chips and everything. Like, but like the one thing that was kind of funny is um, it's like these big like chunky basic like uh, like you know when you get the Chessex dice, you can either get the twelve or the thirty six. Mm-hmm. It's like the twelve size. I think that's sixteen millimeter or something like that. Yeah. And it's like uh, it was funny though because there's like specialty dice for specialty characters. So like we're like all right, that's kind of neat. But then the regular dice. Like, there wasn't... You You actually are supposed to keep passing the dice around the table. Like, there's not even enough plain dice for two players to have their own sets. That's uh, weird. Yeah, and that's why we were like, huh. Because, like, I got another thing of Chessex dice for, like, $4. <laughs> and I'm like, they, that could have been in the box, but... Yeah, know. no kidding. And then uh, the other game is Colony, which is kind of cool, because it's like a little tableau builder, but dice are the economy. And the way it works is... um. So this is the other thing I noticed with Bezier. They must have gotten like a clear-on special on these frosted dice because the frosted dice are in favor of the Pharaoh and Colony. <laughs> <laughs> and um, but Colony, the way it works is like uh, you start out with a couple of basic cards, and every turn you roll the dice and then you draft your picks. So at least people at the table like are involved. It's not like let me watch you do your turn. Now you watch me do my turn. Like there's a small level of involvement. And then the whole thing is you have a vault of dice, 
and whenever you buy cards like from the middle like the tableau it'll be like oh this costs two fives and three twos so you know you're going to either have to keep modifying your dice like with your other buildings to get those numbers or just like luck out and roll those but like since you're drafting dice and all this other stuff that's pretty cool and um it's really nice it's really simple one thing that's kind of neat is every card can upgrade so it'll be like oh this thing is like you need two dice of an equal number and you can make one die of any number but then like the upgraded version is just take two dice of any number and you can make one permanent die of your choice so like little stuff like that mm -hmm. art's kind of cool like uh, uh one thing i like is like take for example like the upgrade shop it shows like a robot holding a wrench but the upgraded version of him is like he's a little bit bigger. He looks aggressive, and he's holding like two power wrenches and shit like that. Nice. So what's the so what's the actual theme of this game? You were kind of talking about the mechanics and stuff like that. What's the theme of the game? It's kind of like uh, post-apocalyptic. There's actually a lot of the cards. Like this is one thing I kind of like too uh, with a tableau game like this. A lot of cards like let you trade and like uh, attack other players for their dice and stuff like that. So there's a decent level of player interaction. But it's uh, it comes in a box almost like Dominion, where it has like the different columns of cards, right, for setup. And they note like, oh, if you want to play a higher high aggro game, try this setup. If you want to play, you know, like a high economic game, play this setup. If you want to do like a pure luck, try this setup. You know, so it's pretty cool. Like you know, like different cards have the victory points on the bottom. The, the only, again, this is just like one of those like weird fluky things. The victory points are little orange half circles at the bottom of the card. Mm -hmm. Now like. Pretty much every game in life has told you, look in the top right, you know, or look for something inside a star, or there says VP. These are just like little orange half circles at the bottom. So at the end of every round, we started going, all right, do you still have seven points? Oh, you have nine. Okay. Like, <laughs> like because it's like first to 15, 17, or 20, like based on your player count and stuff like that. So, uh, but it's pretty fun. Like, uh, I do like that there's a lot of attacking, trading, raiding, stuff like that. So again... You know, like, when you play Dominion, it's usually like, ah, curse card. You know, it's it's a junk card you have to trash, whatever. But at least in this, it's like, uh, I'm attacking you, man. It's like, all right, well, I'm going to try to use these defenses. It's like, ah, oh, you know, too bad you rolled too low. I'm, I'm hitting you. Give me that six. I'm stealing your six. Or, like, uh, this one thing, like, lets you trade. But what's awesome is trades people have to consent to. But if they do, you each get a bonus. So it's like, come on, man. I'll, I'll give you my three for that five. Now, I know you don't care about this, but we'll both get another two after this, too, if you agree. I mean, who doesn't want another die, right? So it kind of, like, almost is, like, a really good argument where it's like, well, if you do this with me, you'll get something extra, too. You know, which actually feels like bartering, where it's like, you don't want to say no when it's an apocalyptic wasteland. You know, you kind of need everything you can get, you know? Mm -hmm. And the nice thing about the trade dice is if somebody's running away with the lead, it lets the two people behind kind of work out deals to try to catch up. Oh, that's cool. So, yeah, that that's the one thing that we found was really nice. Like, oh, Steve has 14 goddamn points. I have nine. You have eight. Hey, do you want to trade this five for that one? You do? Sweet. Let's get bonus dice. Oh, do you want to trade this for this? Let's get bonus dice. Like, shit like that. I mean, yeah, it's scummy, but... You know, if you it's post-apocalyptic. Post I mean, they're gonna, they're gonna <laughs> there's gonna be some shady shit going yeah. on. And I mean, if you need to take down the king, you know, you do it. <laughs> yeah, so. that's right. But yeah, uh, both the games are pretty cool, um, and it was like because uh, with like this insane summer heat and work and being nuts, it was great. Like little games we can play in like half an hour. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like I mean, and also when you're just chucking dice, you're not like thinking too hard. It's not like oh shit, can I feed my people by the end of the next harvest? Yeah, you know. Yeah. So yeah, we were having a pretty good time with those two. Awesome.
So, going back to what we were discussing before, like the favor of the gods and stuff like that. I was looking around and I found a few different titles that like involve the gods and stuff like that. And I figured we'd quick run through these and just kind of note like how present those gods feel. So one of the games is Elysium, and that's uh, by Space Cowboys. And it's kind of like the drafting of the gods. Right? Okay, before we get into this, oh, okay, uh, I have a funny story. It's awesome that you let up let off with this because we were just talking about games, me and Tracy. And so you said, how did you how did you pronounce it? Elysium. Elysium. Okay, I pronounced it Elysium. Now I don't know which is right, but Tracy called it at least no Elysium. <laughs> Isilium? Like, it's a Isilium game. Uh, so, you know, you know, potato, potato, who knows who's right. We'll find did, out. Someone will say the right thing. But did, I just thought it was funny because it was like, okay, what's the right pronunciation? I'm sure they have it online. I can find it, but I'm not going to. I just thought I would just na- call it out because I thought it was funny. Did she play Isilium with her mama Mia? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. All right. So, like, the game, it's, it's actually, it's a pretty good game, right? Mm-hmm. It's, uh, like I said, it's kind of like the drafting of the gods. you got, like, four little pillars, and you have to have that pillar present to be able to take a god, like one of the, like, you know, god cards, but then you have to get rid of a pillar. So it's kind of like, uh, like, you know, it's kind of like a little game of, like, push and pull about, like, oh, you know, like, well, I have to get rid of one of my pillars, I should get rid of the red one. Oh, shit, but I, I need the red one if I want to get that quest. Oh, all right, well, I'll get rid of the blue one. Oh, but if I get the blue one, I can't get these guys, like... So it's like a little bit of thought that goes into it. It's not just like blind grabbing. And the game, it's a relatively short game. It's only five rounds, right? Mm-hmm. But the way that like that the gods are present is you're going to choose like five sets of god cards to use in your game. And like the, the gods have like a little theme to them. Like take for example, like uh, Zeus, right? By being like, you know, like uh, the god, you know, like the father of gods he's known for like his glory and everything so a lot of his cards give chances like at extra victory points right and apollo is also like the sun god and he has like gift of prophecy for his followers so when you actually use apollo cards you have a little sideboard out that's the oracles and that lets you see into the future so you know cards that will be in the board next round so like all right that's kind of cool this this was the one thing that was a little strange to us like aries like, when you play Ares cards, you get these sword tokens, and then whoever has the most sword tokens at the end gets one of his victory points, and everyone else gets nothing, right? So it's like, alright, you know, that's cool, but there's actually cards that, like, attack other players, but those are under Poseidon. And we're like, so Poseidon has cards that crush other players? And I mean, it kind of makes sense, because it's like tidal waves or earthquakes, like, you know, like, things from the sea, I guess. Yeah. But it's just so weird that the attack cards are not from the attack god of war. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like he's like no no just collect these sword tokens you don't actually have to hurt anybody let's not be you know let's be responsible adults well but, maybe the sword tokens are the smiting of the of thou enemies or <laughs> thine enemies it's it's uh it's the bodies of the fallen that's yeah, right could, that could be the case actually nope. that makes it I, a little better i chucked your sword and you're dead <laughs> well in that case you know what? instead of like little swords i want like little like uh coffin pieces like yeah, no like kidding. in the bring out your dead game you know <laughs> Uh, and the thing is this, I mean, like, the art in the game is gorgeous. Like, it is, yeah. it's very, like, it pays great tribute, like, and, like, you know, like, the mechanics and everything, like, kind of playing to the gods and stuff, like, you, it's, like, kind of there, 
But it it's not like the strongest, you know. It, it isn't. But I, I, and we'll get into other stuff. But I, you know, I would say that this has got a decent theme because technically you're a start out demigod, a start out demigod, basically trying to curry favor with Zeus to be one of the big guys. So yeah. I think it might not be the strongest, but I think it's it's decent for what you know for what it is. The and plus, uh, uh, sorry to kind of cut yeah. you off, but the the art, I mean, it's it's space cowboys, and you know they of course they do this game, they do um, splendor. I mean, they really pay attention to like gorgeous art to make it look almost like to me it almost seems like something out of a painting. You know, uh, you know, yeah. it's just I don't know, it's just so realistic. I I love it every time. And that's that's one thing, like, uh, so I, I, you know, it's a good thing you reminded me on that. Like, with you being the demigod, it's about, like, creating legends. So it's kind of funny, as we noted, it almost had a Tonto Quarry mechanic, where you kind of got to, like, put, like, create, like, from reality to legend, which means putting them in your Elysium, or Elysium, or Aesilium. <laughs> and, uh, and what that makes it is, like, you can no longer use those powers, because like they passed on to the gods, like they're now part of pro- like legend, instead of like the current, you know. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's it's a cool game. It's a fun mechanic. It's, you know, it was funny because after playing this, I looked at Kim. I was like, I should have chosen this for my damn drafting game when we did the board game draft the other week. <laughs> it's like this could have been a pretty good pick. Nice. And, and like I said, I mean, I do dig it. The biggest thing with the gods is it's just dictating what will be going on in that playset. You know, like, okay, if we use Ares, we're going to be using some of these. If we use, like, this god, we're going to be using more of these. And, like, that's pretty much the biggest factor. It's a game that I think is ripe for expansion. Like, if they can, like, throw in some more Pathions or something. But as to whether or not that'll happen, you know, only time will tell. One of the other ones is uh, Deus by Pearl Games. Deus is pretty cool. Like, it's, you know, modular board. Um, like, you know, like, variable, like, power type stuff and everything. The only thing that's weird, though, is first of all, like, the bits are kind of, like, out of the Catan, where it's, like, the houses and the shops and everything, like, except in this game, it's, like, dwellings and temples, you know, so it's, like, you're, like, alright, you know, whatever. It's, like, there's, like, you know, like, five different things. There's, like, boats, like, you know, the maritime units and everything. There's actually, like, a path of science, which seems weird in this game. Mm -hmm. And... Every turn, you're going to do one of two things. You're either going to place a building from, like, your tableau onto the board, and you have to pay a card and be able to pay its price, or you make a sacrifice to the gods. And the sacrificing to the gods is, like, how you get more of those buildings back. So, like, if you sacrifice to Neptune, you get, like, another ship building. And each of the gods, like, give you powers. Like, Neptune gives you, like, bounty from the sea, so you get gold. And, like, Minerva is the god of science, where it's, like, you'll get to draw more cards because of research and stuff like that. The game is cool. It's, like, it's more of, like, an area control type game. Like, as you're... The game ends when either a certain number of temples are built, and temples are super bonus endgame scoring cards. Or all the, like, the barbarian villages are taken out, which... Again, you know, I mean, I know it's, like, board game, so you need, like, end conditions, but it's really weird where it's, like, like, oh, how do we, like, reach the end? It's, like, when all of the temples to the gods have been constructed across the land and their greatness is known, or if you just fuck up those guys over there. I mean, if you just crush those savages, that's good, too, because fuck those guys, you know? It's just, like, a weird double, different, like, two different ways of game ending, kind of. 
Yeah, it's like it's like it's like Catan, but with like destruction. It's weird. Yeah, and the fact that it's like. You know, like, oh, I built this science building here. I get to trigger one of my uh, resource cards, and now I get some wood. I don't know. Like, it doesn't feel really gaudy. No, that you doesn't know? really. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't make me feel like I'm doing it for the good of the gods at all. Yeah, at all. I mean, it's like, I, I it's just as fine if, if it was like, uh, instead of sacrificing to the gods, it's like, yeah, I'm going to uh, naval trade, and I get rid of these cards for coins, or it's like, I'm going to just do research. I build another, you know, I get another science center. Like, I don't know why they use the God theme mm -hmm. outside of maybe they just saw art that they're like, oh, this is neat. Because yeah. even, none of the cards notice it either. Like, the cards just show boats and buildings and mountains and stuff like that. Like, it's just, it's, you know, we, like, we kind of avoid saying things are pasted on a lot of the time, mm -hmm. but holy Christ, this feels painted on, like, <laughs> like, if you scratch at the top of the box, it'll say, like, land builders. Yeah. You know? Yeah, this is definitely one where I think you could put any theme on it and, and re-theme it, and it would work just fine. Yeah, agreed, and um, it's just odd, you know? Mm-hmm. But another one is, and uh, I actually backed this game because of your uh, interview episode. With uh, Lords of Rock. Now, granted, I only got to play it one time. So, I mean, you know, it's not like I'm exactly an expert in this one. But the game is more of, like, Rock Band, the card game. Which yeah. I'm totally fine with because I love Rock Band. <laughs> and I would infinitely play Lords of Rock over Rock Band Manager, which I thought would be an awesome card game about Rock Bands. And it <laughs> sucks. And it's one of the few games you'll ever hear me trash. But God damn it, that thing was awful and I wanted 30 minutes of my life back. <laughs> But, you know, like, the Lords of Rock, outside, I mean, don't get me wrong, the art is cool as shit, and I like the way it looks. But, again, like, the actual deity presence, it's like, you're playing to, like, you know, like, the gods are impressing the mortals with their talents to win over their souls. You know, those little shiny gems that you see in Ascension, except now they're blue. <laughs> like, yeah. Those yeah. are souls. So, again, like, you know, it's, I, I get why he did it, because it's a cool idea, mm -hmm. but... If, if it was, like, you know, heavy metal bands playing, it would have been just as fine. But that yeah. art definitely is ten times better than just seeing bands. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. You could definitely name it Kiss the Card Game, but, you know, oh. you don't want to do that. I could actually <laughs> be kind of good. <laughs> like Kiss, Black Sabbath, Motorhead. Yeah. Oh, man. You could just, you could have the Monsters of Rock and you could just have the, you know, bands go against each other. No, see, when you said Monsters Rock, I'm just picturing, like, a Beholder on drums. Uh, yeah, exactly. A troll, a troll on bass. <laughs> <laughs> so, again, now that we've now that we've already repasted a theme on top of it, you could definitely put any kind of theme on it. It's just, you know, it's something he did. It was fun. It works. But if you're thinking of, you want a, a theme of, you know, godlike proportions, this is not really the game for you. It's more of the rock theme. Yeah. And it comes with all of the songs, you know, and stuff like that. And the that venues are, and so yeah. Yeah, there, there are, you know, the rock songs that are, you know, kind of a godly twist on rock songs that you know. So Yeah. So it's like so if you're if you know somebody that's like uh it's like, Hey, you wanna play this game? And they're like, Oh yeah, man, like I love Greek mythos. You're gonna be like, Oh, that's cool. You're gonna really like this art. But you know, they're not <laughs> It's not like uh, their mythos powers are going to factor into that. Yeah, exactly. They'll probably can, they could probably tell you a, a lot about their background history once you see their names, but that's about it. All right. <laughs> One of the others is from Stronghold Games, Voluspa, mm -hmm. which 
it's it's kind of in there. Like, I'm not going to say it's completely vacant. It's not just gods, though. It's more of, like, a mythology as a whole. But, like, take, for example, like, um, you know, like, uh, like the hounds and stuff like that, where it's, like, mm-hmm. the more hounds, the better they are. There's, like, a dragon, you know. Like, there is, like, an Odin and stuff like that type of t- um, tiles. But it's more of just, like, the Norse mythos as opposed yeah. to, like, gods themselves. Yeah, exactly. Like, the, you know, like, the, the Loki one is cool because he kind of screws everything up, which is cool. But, again, it's just, it's more, it's more in, I'm trying to think of the word that it's escaping me right now. It's more in theory than more in practice in this game. Yeah, I, I would, I can see that because it's, like, um... Because, like, take, for example, like, so the way that, like, Velispa goes is, like, it's a tiling game where the tiles go from one to eight, and if you put the highest tile in that line or row, you get the points of, like, the length of the row, right? Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, you're always trying to outdo, but, like, tokens will have variable powers, like, dragons are fives, but they can go on top of something else. So if somebody put down a seven, you can just right on top of them and be like, oh, cool, five is now the highest in the show. I just got some points. Thanks. Yeah. I've uh, always wanted to poop on top of somebody to get better points. Right? <laughs> it's, it's, like, definitely number six on my bucket list. And, um, and like you were saying, like, with Loki, what's cool is, like, Loki is only a one. Because, you know, he's not too much of a fighter, but he makes everything adjacent to him zero. So it's kind of hilarious. One of the other, like, kind of neat things is Valkyries. Like, if Valkyries are at the beginning and end of a row... That row is finished now because the Valkyries carried them off to Valhalla. So like, there's like little things like that where you know you see it, you're like, oh, that's cool, that makes sense, that makes sense. But it's not. I, w- I don't know if it's like really integral into the game. Mm-hmm. Like if this was abstract, I think it would definitely get less play. Yeah. But you know, it's like I'm wondering, like you know, and like they did make some expansions which have some cool things. And again, like you do feel like it's like it's following into that mythos, you know. Mm-hmm. But it's more of all of the Norse as opposed to, like, just the gods of the Norse. Yeah. You know? And um, and this one, I and I uh, just got to note this one because uh, Kim put this down for me and I was cracking up about it. A Feast for Odin. We figured that the reason it got the name A Feast for Odin is because Vikings love Tetris-like pieces on a board would have been too long a title for a game. <laughs> <laughs> because Odin never shows... You have a feast for him. But Odin never shows up in this game, man. That guy's a dick, you know? <laughs> you rented a hall, you got the balloons, the food's on the table. Guy just doesn't come by. He's an hey, asshole. Hey, I think, I think they play that just right because guess what? And most of them, you know, even in the Thor movies that you see, like, there's moments, but, you know, Od- Odin's always been a dick. He's always been better than everyone else. So yeah, you got to expect that. Yeah, so, um, so Feast for Odin, awesome game has nothing to do with Odin. It's just the whole reason it has that title is because it's Norse Vikings and you can go on raids and shit. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's not... Don't let that title make you think like, oh, is this a UA Rosenberg mythology game? No. No, it is not. <laughs> yeah. And there's a lot of games that kind of throw that throw that in there. You know, you, you've got like your, you know, Vikings games and stuff like that that have... You know, kind of that thing, kind of some of that thrown in, you know, like, oh, we must do this for the gods. But it's like, you know, it's just it's there for, you know, for, a, you know, a tidbit of Viking mythology. And then it's thrown away, basically. And and this is what we found really entertaining. And this is I can't believe this is the most thematic one that we found. Santorini from Roxley Games. 
Now, Santorini is great. I mean, you might have, if you've seen it like on Facebook and a couple of other board game groups or anything, people were going crazy for this game when it came out. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, we're still playing it. I'm hoping other people are, too. It, the concept is really simple. It's a little board. You get two workers. Every turn, you move, and you build. You're trying to get on top of a level three tower to win. That's all, right? <laughs> Thing is, anyone can build when they're next to something. So if somebody puts a dome on top of that tower, now it's closed off. You got to try to find another spot. Somebody makes it to the top. Or if somebody gets eliminated because they can't move either of their workers, because your workers can only jump up one level each turn, that's how the game ends. Very simple. Game can take, like, three minutes. Longest game usually is, like, maybe 15 minutes. But here's what's crazy. There's 45 gods and 10 heroes in this game, right? And it's, like, take, for example, like, one of them is Eros. Like, now all these god cards are these cool, like, tarot cards and the art is adorable. Like, it's good, but it's kind of, like, kiddish almost. Mm-hmm. It's and, definitely cutesy kiddish. Yeah, exactly. And But the thing that's so wild is they they actually really stuck it with this game, with, like, the, the thematics. Like, uh, take, for example, Eros is the god of desire, right? Now, you have to put your workers on opposite ends of the boards. But if your two workers ever meet on level one ground... You just win because you united the two lovers. And we're like, that's cool. Like, it gives a new win condition. So other people have to, like, play to stop you, you know. Baya, the goddess of violence. You can move your worker onto an enemy worker and you fucking kill them. You actually <laughs> remove it from the game. So you are a force of death. <laughs> um, one of my personal favorites is, I always worry when I say this goddess's name. Hecate, the goddess of magic? But this is the coolest thing in the world to me. Your guys are freaking invisible on the board. The way it works is you get a screen and a mini copy of the board with little mini tokens to move around for your workers. You still play the game legit, but like you'll move your guy on your little board and then you put the tower on the main game board. So people know you're somewhere near there. But they can't see your guys because they're shielded by magic. And what's great is if they try to move where your guys are, you just go, nope, your move is canceled. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. And it's great because you can actually, like, you can lift the screen to show them, like, no, see, my guy's right there. You're blocked. It's it's just so cool how all the different gods... And, like, there's also, like, you know, like, 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 um, not necessarily just the gods. Like, there's a minotaur that... If you move into an enemy guy, you knock him back a square, and you can even knock them off of buildings and shit, because nice. the Minotaur just gores them, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, like, it's so funny that this, like, little simple puzzle building game, which looks cool as hell when you're done, by the way, really, really grabs on to, like, this, you know, this feeling of the gods. You know? It's it's simple, and yet it works. Like, they really were, like, to make sure, like, oh, this god does this? All right, let's put this in the game. Like, one of the gods, I actually want to say it's um it's Atlas, because, like, uh, with the weight of the world on his shoulders, like, your guys can double build. You know? It's, like, because they're just, like, that resilience and stuff like that. Like, they can do more. Um, there's just, like, all these things like that. And what's cool is... You're always trying to figure out how to use your god power to win and also to screw over your opponent's god power. So, especially, like, take for example, if somebody's using, like, Baya, you don't want them to come near you. (laughs) And it's like, if they're using Baya and you're playing Eros and they kill one of your guys, you're like, oh my god, 
the lovers can never unite. I need to build a tower to be able to win this. Like, it's it's these little things like that that become pretty cool. But it got me thinking, like, you know, because you know, I I'm a huge fan of like Euro style game, right? Mm-hmm. Now, uh, we were talking right before we started recording. There's like 118 games about farming. You know, it's like oh, there's even like I would say there's probably like about like 10 or 15 games about making like beer at this point. Right? <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> so it's like, you know, there's, but like when it comes to like the gods and deities, I don't really see too many games like grabbing onto it and really driving it home, you know? Which I don't know, like, it seems weird to me. I feel like there should be a lot of those. Yeah, you would think because it seems like the North, the Norse mythology, gosh, I don't know why I want to say North, but um, it, it seems like it's super popular in in the media or well not in media but like in comic books and movies and stuff like that there's all you know always seems to be a little smattering of you know something and there's lots of stuff and again with like thor and stuff like that they visit it a, a little bit differently and stuff like that but you yeah you, you talked about it with like farming space you know these kind of themes you know a lot of those are you know integral for these games and stuff like that for the most part but you don't see this that many of these kind of games that have a good mix of the mythology that works out to where you actually feel like that's what's like you're a god or like you're working against the gods. I haven't played Santorini myself, but you know, I've heard lots of great things about it. And I think somebody, I can't remember who I was listening to said it best that they said that, you know, if unfortunately, if you take away the god powers, that's when it could be just a regular abstract game. So, yeah, you know, kudos to them for you know figuring that out and finding a way to make that an integral part of the game. To where, uh, like you said, not only do you use your god powers for your own use, but use it to screw somebody else over. So, you know, it it, it has a lot more depth to it to get people involved. And you know, it's one of those games that, it, from what I've heard, what I read, and what I've seen, it, you know, it's it's simple but has a lot of depth to it to where not only could, a, you know, you could bring this to, you know, a classroom or play it with your, you know, some little kids, but you also could play with an older generation of people and also be able to work out different types of strategies and there's different ways to win, so. Yeah, exactly, and like, and that's the thing, it's like, because I've, I've always loved, like, um, and like in RPGs, like, just like the way the gods operate, the different pantheons, like, you see in Pathfinder, where, like, the different gods let you have access to different powers, different weapons. They decide, like, what type of armors you can wear and everything. Like, I always thought, like, that was really cool because, like, it really, you know, it, it gives it, like, more of that feel, mm-hmm. you know? And it's, like, I'm like, man, I would love to have that, like, in a couple of board games where it's, like, just to really feel the presence of, like, celestial influence instead of just, like, garbage things or whatever, right? So... What I was thinking of was um, a while ago when we did a wrestling episode, we were talking like we started like working on our own wrestling game idea, right? So like now um, you you've played Agricola a few times, right? You know I have not. Really? Yeah. Remember I told you I was oh, trying right, to. Yeah. We were gonna get a um, super cheap version of it because it was going out of the stock from a third party buyer on Amazon. Well, that company decided to mysteriously vanish. Yeah. So, yeah. So, luckily, Amazon was good and gave us back our money, and we have yet to play Agricola. 
right. Um, so let's bar the Agricola idea. <laughs> <laughs> but let's just say, like, um, let's just say we decided to go for, like, one of, like, the base Euro farming style games, right? Mm-hmm. You know, where it's, like, resource gathering, using resources to, to build and construct. But we wanted to put in, like, some god influences, right? Like, kind of like a modifying our game. Mm-hmm. So, like, uh... So let's say, like, how, like, what would you think? Do you think it should have, like, lots of gods? Or do you think we should make it, like, five major deities to get, like, to make them feel more prevalent? Or would you rather see a game with, like, 30 deities and people can just, like, do, you know, like, they're, but they're really minor? I think the, the more that you can fine-tune something is where it gets a little more exciting. Like, you could do, let's just, I'll just pick a nice round number, like, 20. You could just say, hey... I've got 20 gods here. Well, guess what? You're going to be playtesting out your ass because you're going to be like, okay, obviously we have to have all the, you know, this one guy matchup or one girl matchup against these other 19. You know, I think that I think that lends itself to not only a lot longer um, process of playtesting, but also I think it has a, it gives you a lot more chances at failing at what these other powers could be. You could just be like, okay, we just need to make something to make something. So I think that having maybe five to ten, I think, is a great number. All right, cool. So, all right, so let's say uh, you know, like we'll do like you know, just standard like you know, like Zeus, Neptune, Ares, like those types of things, right? Mm-hmm. So. What I was thinking of is maybe it's something like, so if it's a game where you build buildings, right? Like in Agricola Caverna, it's like you build the bedrooms, you like till soil, you you know you build stables or whatever. So what if it was like you can actually build shrines, mm-hmm. right? So it's like that's like one of the new things that you can do. And what I was thinking of is maybe like there would be a form of balance of like uh, in a worker placement where. You know, say you have, like, you know, the the god of, like, uh, you follow Ares, right? Mm-hmm. It's something where it's, like, because most worker placement games have, when somebody's in that spot, you can't go there. But, like, with Ares, you can actually force them out and take it yourself. But maybe, like, Ares demands blood, so you have to, like, sacrifice one of your animals or something. Or you have to do something like that, like, to be able to do that spot. Mm-hmm. So it'll cost you, but it'll allow you to, you know, do the thing you want to do instead of being like confined. Because like, you know, like Aries was like, you know, you always see Aries typically as like, you know, like uh, full of rage. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not the calm, cold, calculating god of war. He's the god of like fury and vengeance. Mm-hmm. So it's like all those times you play that game and like you son of a bitch, I needed that three gold. You take that three gold now. You follow <laughs> Aries, like. <laughs> right something like that you know Mm -hmm. or if you like you know like maybe there's one where it's like you can put a worker in there and like they they're praying like they're spending all day and night praying and it'll let you like you don't have to feed them because they're fasting or maybe it's something like you get an extra animal offspring because they're like praying to like you know like the earth mother or something like that like i would like to maybe see things like this where it's like it's not just simply like you put a god like a card in front of you and you're like, oh cool, Hermes is on my side. My guys get plus two movement. Period. That's it. Like something where it's like the players actually have to, you know, it's not just enough to show that you believe in the god, but you have to like do something to appease them. Yeah. 
you know? Well, it, yeah, well, and that makes sense because if we're thinking about theme and we're thinking about being inclusive with that theme, you want to stick with, and one of the one of the things that I think that needs to be major is like, if we're going to be building these shrines to these gods, I think, you know, you can't get too lost into making, you know, two different shrines because then you, there's just too many convoluted things and it makes it just more stuff. But also I think you need to think about every one of these gods has to have a shrine that's maybe a little different because if it's not then basically it's like okay i'm making the same thing for this guy and this guy and this girl and this girl and then it just turns into it just turns into a you know column a and no column b or c true and what i was thinking of is like for simplicity in game parts, because one of the things you always hear in design is like, oh yeah, I would love to do that for this game, and then it would cost $100 to make it, mm-hmm. because of game bits. There can just be a shrine tile, and then like the god cards, and when you build a shrine, you place the god card near a tableau. And also what I would like to maybe see is, because the gods were always warring with each other, is like, say you take the Ares, uh, like, you know, uh, Pathion. It's like, you may not build a shrine to Gaia, you may not build a shrine to so-and-so, like, his feudal, like, his enemies or the people, like, that he hates. Mm-hmm. And that can also be a factor to help game balance. Because mm-hmm. this way, you can't be like, oh, my guy goes in here, I pray, I get three more sheep, now I can sacrifice the sheep to Ares, and now the whole board is mine for the rest of the game. Like, you know, this way it stops, like, game-breaking things. Mm-hmm. And it would also be, like, for theme, where it's like, you know, like, say, like, in... um so this is one of my favorite like little uh, folklores of Egyptian lore, and this is a total side tangent, but can't remember exactly their gods' names. But one of the gods was incredibly upset with like the like Ra, so he took one of his children and butchered him into a thousand pieces and scattered all of his remains along the uh, the Nile River. You know, because when you're pissed off at somebody, that's what you do. <laughs> and whatever the egyptian god is that has like the uh you know like a lot of the egyptian gods are like almost anthropomorphic like bast has a cat head and yeah you know um set has the jackal head the dude that's like part alligator mm-hmm. basically uh helped comb the entire uh river to find all the parts of like uh ra's child and everything to help him like unite the body and everything and i was like you know but it was like but set yeah i think it was set actually that killed his son and i'm like man, like, that guy is fucking nasty. It's like, don't ever, like, if you borrow 10 bucks from him and you say you'll pay him back Sunday, get that shit to him by Saturday night. Yeah. You know? It's like, yeah. that guy does not forget. I, I like the idea of stuff like that in, like, kind of like the game where it's like, it would be really cool if maybe it's like, if somebody builds a shrine or whatever, you must displace their guys. Like, you must go after their guys or something. So people can use, like, the more powerful deities, maybe people can use, like, your faith against you. You know, because that's another thing, too. Like, the gods are famous for making follies. Like, you know, for, like, these, like, all-powerful beings, they were usually dicks towards each other and had tons of petty jealousy, you know, and all the stuff like that, too. And it would be kind of cool to see that in a game, you know? Mm-hmm. Where it's like, oh, you worship Ares, huh? Well, guess what? I got this shrine now. Come on, show me what you got. And then the person, like, you know, you're using that rage of Ares against the player where they're like, fine, like, I shove your guy out of here. It's like, oh, cool, because uh, my god allows me, like, whenever somebody's displaced, I get a victory point. So thank you for that. Like, little things like that, you know? Yeah. 
you know, maybe you can even make it into something where not only is it something that um, these, you know, gods can kind of work against each other and the guys, then the players that are actually playing against each other, you can maybe even exclude Zeus out of it, make him this whole other thing looming over everybody and be like, okay, so, you know, I don't, I don't know Norse mythology as much as I would think I would do a thing where like if, say a thing where like if a mechanic were to get it, get it in such a way where all the players would do a certain action at one time that Zeus would be pissed and then he would make something bad happen like he punishes so then, everybody yeah exactly it's like you know just to be like okay i am here i am the i you know i'm the god of gods you know so when i'm angry everyone's going to know it so you know it's a I good like little it. It's a good little thing where it's like, okay, you know, I'm building my shrine, everything's going good. Oh, wait, everybody does that. Or if, you know, a, a, another player is playing and thinks, well, it looks like everybody's ahead of me, that one player's playing this one action. I, the other player's playing this exact action. You know, say that it actually happened. You know, all three of them could play that exact action, but it angers Zeus. So then that person could be like, well, Unfortunately, it's going to hurt me, but it's going to hurt everybody else, and hopefully maybe that'll turn the tide. I don't know, just a thought. I, that could be pretty cool. Like, especially, it's like, um, one mechanic I always love is, like, the blind auction or the blind bid or, like, the, you know, where it'd be cool if it's, like, everyone must donate, like, two gold to the Temple of Zeus. If any player doesn't, he strikes his vengeance. Yeah. But everyone has to blind do it. Yeah. So somebody could be like that, you know, that, uh... That it's like it's like no like I want Zeus's fury like you know you people have corrupted uh, the Pantheons you know like yeah. yeah that would be great actually I like that a yeah. lot yeah that's cool because it's funny it's funny because when I when I first said it I was like how would that work and then as soon as you came up with that I was like that's perfect because you know that's that's the kind of thing you want you don't you know because you want it to be something where you can where the players can kind of have a say so in it but at the same point you don't want everybody to know right away so i like the blind aspect of it yeah that would actually i like that <laughs> you know it's like especially if somebody's like you know doesn't have any temples they're like no man i'm not giving to zeus i'm an atheist <laughs> <It's> like, you <laughs> yeah. asshole you ruined everything <laughs> yeah yeah you're like i'm just i'm just making this shrine so i can make more money doing other things right so, like, I would, that would be pretty cool, you know? And, like, even, uh, like, you know, outside of, like, Euro, even if it was, like, other, like, drafting games or something, I would just love to see something where it's, like, you know, like, maybe if you keep drafting, like, cards of a certain god, you start to, like, you know, get powers or, like, additional abilities or something. Mm-hmm. You know, like, something like that. Like, even, like, in a simple game, like, you know, you think of diamonds and moons, like, all these, like, trick-taking games. Like, if it was a trick-taking game of say like you know instead of suits of cards like the farmers the artisans you know uh like high society and the government where it's like you know you choose a god and it's like oh if you know you get x amount of cards of government like they're happy or if you get like x amount of cards of farmers like you know they're actually angry it's like you know so it's like it would be like a trick-taking game where you're trying to like you know satisfy the wants of a deity as opposed to like oh another club suit oh another club suit oh i got the heart suit or you know whatever like stuff like that like even that could be kind of fun you know oh yeah for sure where it's like uh you know and at the end like uh maybe it's like you know you can even like 
Uh, if you want to always up it, it could be like you have a hidden god, like the god that you want to win the favor of at the end of the game, where if you do that, five bonus points or something. Mm-hmm. You know, like that could be kind of fun. You know, like just like just something where we see a little more of like these awesome tales. You know, because uh, like the trick taking game moons, it's pretty cool. Is on each of the cards, they give you like a little fact about like the the moons around these planets and everything. And you're like, this is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I would love to see something like that with like Pathion cards. You know, it's like a, a card, like a drafting game about the gods, where it's like you know, like oh, followers of Toth in Egyptian mythos, often blue, you know, like stuff like that. You'd be like, oh, this is pretty neat. You know, like I figure anytime you play a, a, a board or card game and it causes you to Google some information after it's over, that's always pretty nice. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Yeah, that 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 means that you're more involved in that game than you thought it would be, and that's that's the role of a of a board game designer and and uh, company. You know, it's like a publisher. You know, that's what they want. You know, they they not only want you to play this game and love it, but they also want you to get sucked in. So that's, I mean, that's the golden you know that's a golden goose right there. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just saying it's like. Uh... Yeah, I'm sure, like, I might be making this up, or I might be on something. Google me to see if I'm wrong. But, like, if you're playing a card game, you're like, oh, shit. Like, you know, like, Bast was the Egyptian goddess of fertility. And one of the reasons why the nobles had so many cats around is they believed it would lead to many children. It's like, oh, shit, really? And, like, you know, if somebody, like, breaking out their phone, <laughs> mm-hmm. that would be fucking awesome. Yeah. You know? It's like, like, that's, like, you know, the next Kickstarter, I would love to see instead of, like, over 200 highly detailed plastic miniatures. If it hits the funding level of $600,000, there'll be metal coins. Like, instead of that for one of these Kickstarters, I would just love to see where it's like, you know, like, like Norse mythology at, like, you know, through the eyes of a child. Or, like, you know, the way it was back then. Like, something like that would be awesome, you know? Yeah. It's like, and I mean, if you need to throw in miniatures just so it gets, like, $7 million in packing, like, every other guy's in game. <laughs> Do you think we can make exploding deities and pitch that to the oatmeal? Do you think that would? <laughs> <laughs> if you get two opposing gods, they blow up or something like that, you know? Yeah, like there Zeus you go. is the bomb card. That might work, right? <laughs> but yeah, so it's like, uh, so, you know, I, I might be just like throwing this wish out to the stars for nothing, but I would love to see, you know, like this, this big part of D and D, and like you know, like a lot of like you know mythos of like you know yesterday. We've seen like tons of games with Vikings, tons of game with barbarians and zombies and everything. I'm hoping that between like the Cthulhu ends and the zombie uprise and the countless Viking games, that maybe just one of these waves that we ride out in every board game having that theme is something with gods of different cultures. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Know? So, uh, so any uh, aspiring publishers out there, get on it. <laughs> that's right we leave it to you so on a uh, on a little quick closing note uh kurt so i mentioned agricola to you so sadly even though you don't have agricola uh did you know that they had agricola organized play oh no i did not know that yeah so here's what i figure uh i have this cool little promo card that was from organized play it is the wood scrounger and it's actually a foil agricola uh profession card i got an extra pair of those Including, I also have a pair of, <laughs> my other car is a moldboard plow Agricola bumper stickers. I don't know if people will be putting Agricola bumper stickers on their car, but who knows? Maybe they'll put it on their lockers or something. So I figure this, if anyone, uh, you know, decides to tweet the show, and uh, what would that Twitter handle be again, Kirk? 
at MFGCast. That's damn right. Figure this. If uh, anyone tweets it, no matter, you know, just say whatever you want. And if they put it in hashtag more God games, right? Between now and, I don't know, say like uh, two weeks from now. Like, you know, a couple of, like a week or so after 4th of July. We'll pick two random people and I will mail them out a wood scrounger and an Agricola bumper sticker. Uh, assuming they're within the continental U.S. I don't want to have to pay like $18 to mail this shit overseas. If no that's kidding. possible. Okay, now do me a favor and say you're going to do it the week after the 4th of July. Because this won't come out until next weekend. Or next, not this Monday, but next Monday. I <laughs> here, here, it'll be, I will mail it out uh, two weeks from now. <laughs> the day go. that this launches, which will be May, June, July, <laughs> August. And then I'm going to say a whole bunch of numbers and you <laughs> Insert date here. <laughs> so, uh, so if you're hearing this, hopefully you're hearing it early, uh, let us know. And uh, you can always... You know, do that. Or if you know, if you're not a Twitter fa- uh, fan, use the Facebook group. If you don't use Facebook, uh, it's good to be off the grid. And I applaud your decisions. That's right. And I really hope that you put this Agricola bumper sticker on your trapper keeper, so everyone can know. This <laughs> Excellent callback. <laughs> oh man! I, seriously, if I if I could get, I'm sure they're out there. But if I could get a trapper keeper, I'd I'd have it. <laughs> Probably have it for D and D or something like I, I used to. You're like, I got my character sheet, guys. <laughs> You're all happy. All right, you ready to call this one quits, buddy? Darn right. All right, so don't forget, uh, enter for that contest. Enjoy the Fourth of July. Go to local cons, play lots of games, and also make sure you tell all your friends about MFG Cast. Give five stars. Do a whole bunch of fun things. That's right. Tell your grandmother. Right? She loves types of shows like this. She does. And play Santorini with her. Grandma would like it. Yeah, that's true. Fun for all ages. All right, so until you Ages 1 to 99! (laughs) Sorry. I'm going to play the Minotaur so I can gore you. (laughs) All right, so uh, don't forget, have fun. And this is Dan. This is Kurt. And peace out, everyone. Legends of Tabletop Podcast. Creating legends one die at a time.